On today's show, we have Dr. Jimmy Diome from Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and we're going to be talking about the future of full scope optometric care on the Optometric Insight Show. Jimmy, um, glad to have you with us and always glad just to engage and talk about really where we are now in optometry and where we're, we're going in optometry. You are um, a young leader. Um, Thank you. you know, you, you graduated in 2014, so you're, you're less than 10 years out, and you've really kind of carved a name out for yourself, not only locally with the patients that you care for, but also in the optometric profession um, in large. I mean, you have your own podcast. You are um, really becoming involved in a lot of the new technologies that are coming to market. I see lecturing more. I see your name in print more. I just see you getting more involved in everything optometry. So... We, we, we really need that. But, but one of the things that's interesting, and, and the thing that I really, uh, every single time I talk to you, I really enjoy discussing with you, is kind of where optometry is now, where, where our place is now, and really understanding kind of your perspectives on where you feel optometry is moving in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So, so right now, Jimmy, like, you know, share with me your perspective on the platform of optometry, in particular emphasizing like where we are in terms of scope and how important that is for optometry to embrace that right now. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it's really important to know a little bit about my background in reference to all of that. So let me just first say uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love podcasting and I'm happy that you guys are doing a podcast and I appreciate you inviting me here. Um, so I love optometry. I absolutely love it. I really do mean that um, with all my heart and soul. I really do mean that. Um, I enjoy seeing patients every single day. I get excited about it. Um, every time I jump in a room, I jump in a room and I say, yo, what's going on? How are you? Uh, and I really am I'm fired up, you know, because I'm, I'm just so excited to be able to give the gift of sight and protect it. Um, <clears throat> so you know, my background is actually when I was in undergrad, I didn't know I was going to do optometry. I had no <clears throat> real optometric background. I, I'm an emetrope. I'm spherical. I'm orthophoric. I have perfect vision, perfect. All, all my eye stuff is. So, so you don't, you don't have the traditional course where it's like, I had bad eyes. I like my optometrist and I went That's into right. this. Not me. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I was in undergrad and I was looking for a job in the healthcare field and I just so happened to get a job at America's best. <laughs> so, you know, this is nothing wrong with America's best really. And uh, this is not a smear campaign at all. I'm very grateful for what they gave me. And what they gave me was a heck of a lot of experience, you know, in a very short yeah. period of time. And yeah. so, um, there was a, uh, uh, optician there that took me under his wing. Um, in, in Pennsylvania, it's not a licensed optician state. New York is. And so he was from New York. And so he was a mm -hmm. licensed optician and you needed to have an associate's degree. So he took me under his wing. I got ABO certified while I was in school wow. and um, I really enjoyed it. I loved picking out frames with people and selling Great. frames and all that. And the doctor there was just burnt out. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't like it. He kind of hated it. And he's like, you know what, go do something else. This kind of sucks. There's oh. no future in it. <laughs> and, um, at the same time I knew another guy and it's just so happy. Well, it was a friend of a friend or whatever, but, um, and it happens to be, you know, who I'm a partner in practice oh. with right now, yep. who, um, was just kicking butt, you know, just totally kicking butt, love and life practicing, you know, to the fullest extent mm -hmm. of his licensure and really just, loving what he was doing. And so I saw that and I saw this other guy and I'm like, how does this happen? You know, how do we have this juxtaposition? And, um, 
I just, I saw what I could do and I saw myself enjoying, you know, what I was doing there and how I could expand that and move into the future with it. And I, I made it my life's goal at that very point in time that if I was going to go down this path, that I was going to be like that other doctor and that I was going to try my best to influence others to be like him also. And so um, that's really what it's been all about. So from day one, I was involved, you know, in school with, you know, legislative stuff and AOSA and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's an uphill battle a hundred percent, but yeah, it's, it's where it's at, man. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't absolutely love what I do. I'm, I'm pleasure. I have the pleasure of having students with me and they're always like, yeah, this is great. I love it. You know, how do you do this? And I'm just like, well, you just do it. You know, there's so much of it out there and you just do it. And, it, and, uh, but I think it takes a certain, uh, level of courage and, uh, you know, I don't know. Something. Well, you, you say, I think you said it right. You know, it's sometimes it's an uphill battle and I, and I'm, I'm a strong proponent that anything that's worth it is an uphill battle. I mean, yeah. you have to really, you have to really want it. And you, Jimmy, you obviously want it. So tell us a little bit about your practice and really okay. kind of the, the scope or the nature of your practice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky, you know, I stepped in, you know, can, can I curse? I stepped in SHIT. Um, <laughs> I did, I stepped in it and uh, I got lucky, you know, because I, I jumped right into an opportunity, you know, with Tom Kislin, who, you know, is pretty well known in the speaker circuit yeah, for dry eye and ocular surface disease mm-hmm. and really kind of built this practice around this model. And, you know, um, just somebody who's, always willing to push the envelope from a scope perspective, um, made a relationship in our community very early on with a local um, retinal specialist and cataract surgeon um, that, that basically everything stays in house. So they come to our office, they rent space from us, they do everything there except for the surgery. Um, so, you know, patients never leave. Um, so it's, just, it's our group, but yet we have all these other pieces of the pie kind of working together. Um, and it really makes us, you know, the way it should be, you know, the, the leader of the, uh, the eye care trajectory. And so if it's not surgical, you know, we're doing it. And, um, that's, that's kind of what I walked into and that's what I learned. And the thing that I think makes it work, and you know, this from a private practice perspective, it's all the beautiful people on the back end. It's our billing, it's our staff, it's our, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's a lot of work. Um, because I talk to people all the time about, you know, just, just bill it medically or just do that exam, you know, do dry eye follow-ups and all these things. Um, but I think people just generally don't know how to get paid for those things in, in my opinion. But uh, from a scope perspective, we do it all. You know, we have all the toys, OCTs, OCTAs, Lipaflow, Mibaflow, um, IPL. We just got a um, radio frequency device, right. mask and probing, amniotic membranes, sclerals, um, so, you know, pretty much if, if we can do it, we're doing it. And then some. you hit on a unique piece, which is the billing and coding aspect of it, which is um, just at times as complex as some of the clinical things that we're performing and doing. And I, I think it's critically important for us to really understand that just as well as the clinical side of it so that you can coordinate the care. Because like you said, ultimately, I mean, we're qualified to provide the care, but um, we have to at some point or at the end of the day you know, really sustain the business model. And the only way to really do that is to, as you mentioned, understand that billing and coding. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're, we're at a point in time right now where, where we have, I mean, a pretty large scope and, and all of these new technologies too are allowing us to do things that just didn't exist like a decade ago. When you entered optometry school, a lot of the technologies that you were just talking about were not even being used in optometry. And that's, that's 10 years ago. 
And now we're on the cusp of several new technologies that are coming. Um, what, what gets you excited? What, what technology is like, you're like, oh, I've been watching this. I, I'm excited to incorporate this into the practice when, if and when it comes out. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think just some of the new delivery systems, you know, I, I think delivery systems are definitely, you know, what we hear a lot about. And, um, you know, so any sort of the injectable uh, options uh, that, that may be, you know, sort of subconj injections or lid injections or, um, or, or implantables like uh, punctal plugs and eluding devices, those yep. things get me very excited. Any sort of topical treatment for macular degeneration, anti-VEGF type things that gets mm -hmm. me very excited because I just think it opens the door, it blows the door wide open and, and, um, you know, there, any, anything, you know, for, for, uh, for macular degeneration. I think there's so much out there. Um, and it's, it's not really a sexy thing right now because it's a bunch of old people getting injections into their eye. But I mean, that's you, I, we live in the same, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, uh, demographic where, you know, we have a lot of ethyls and, um, <laughs> you know, Bob's and Fred's getting injections all the time. And, uh, certainly I think that there, that could be a lot better, you know? So yeah. I think that there's a lot of stuff out there and, you know, it's, it's, I think it's going to be very interesting, you know, how we incorporate some of those things as they come to fruition. And I think the technologies on delivery systems will be, um, you know, in the next 10 to 15 years, we'll be talking about different things, you know, so how we position ourselves from a scope of practice perspective, I think matters a lot. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too how we'll be monitoring the success or the failure of all of those tech or, or all of those treatments as well too is going to change diagnostics, again, that didn't exist a decade ago are now mainstays in our practice. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that evolves. Um, and two, again, making it all work so that we can provide care, but still, still st sustain the business model as well. Yeah. Jimmy, listen, um, I want to thank you. Thank, Sorry, you, man. thank you for your time. I, I it's, always, you... it's, always, it's always great hearing from a young buck like you. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as long as I can get it. <laughs> well, you got three more years, and then once you get to that 10-year mark, you move, you, move into the, you move into the next category. Fine. No, but, but really, sincerely, truly appreciate your time. Appreciate, appreciate you being it. on here. Appreciate your perspective. Again, as a, as, a, as a young buck in optometry and really looking at the future on, on how you see it, that's, that's, that's really valuable because there's a lot of people that are in your segment of the optometric population that are wondering kind of what's the next thing? How do I position myself now to be successful, better care for my patients? And also what does that look like in the future? And I want to thank you, the audience for listening. Um, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast and make sure you look at our show notes as well too. Thank you.